The weather is about to start cooling down and leading to that time of the year when camping and bonfires sound like a good idea. Don't worry, we're here to scare you out of that idea. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. We have another unsolved case to talk about and hopefully someday have the answers to. two years ago being at this exact spot for that yeah. vigil. Uh, what are your thoughts tonight? I'm just lost, honestly. I don't know how to live, you know, without my son, even two years. It's not easier. Some people say time kind of heals wounds or, you know, and it doesn't, doesn't, two years doesn't make it easier. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Thena. And I'm Kylie. And we're hosting a giveaway. <laughs> Giveaway! <laughs> I just wanted to do it before I forgot to say something. So just and we're hosting a giveaway right away and do it. Yeah, uh, we're hosting a giveaway. It's on the Instagram, guys. We talk about it in Betty and Barney Hill, also, which is a phenomenal episode. So I highly suggest listening to it in the archives. It's kind of one of the reasons we started this podcast because we fucking love aliens. I, I said one of the reasons. Love aliens. <laughs> I love aliens. <laughs> I was just going to gauge how excited I should sound or if I should sound so sincere because I truly do love aliens. I think it's like both ways. Like I really genuinely 100% agree and um, believe that aliens are 100% real. But then I also just fucking love aliens. <laughs> Kylie just painted her nails, so she's trying very hard to stay calm over there. So she's holding her hands together so she doesn't like bump anything or move anything. And I wish you guys could see how bad she wants to like shake her hands and be excited about loving aliens. But she's just like shaking her tiny little fists, being like, I love aliens, motherfucker. They're cross. So tonight we have a not so happy case. It's very sad. It's a child case, which makes it mm. a little bit harder. Always child cases are really hard, but I got to tell you, unsolved cases are so fucking hard. Yeah, dude, they hurt to your core. Yes, they do. So I keep doing them. Right. Because <laughs> we're masochists. It's I fine. guess <laughs> I just love being miserable. I don't know. That's why I'm finally watching Game of Thrones at 30 years old. Yeah. Um. Which, by the way, Saw so many cool Game of Thrones things at Comic-Con last weekend. Did you see the really cool Game of Thrones poster that had every single character in it? And it was like movie style, but you could tell it was drawn and painted. Oh, beautiful. No, because I think I drowned out anything that was Game of Thrones after I watched it. Um, You know, it was just five years ago. (laughs) I was really shocked by how pretty this one poster was. I was like, wow, sick. Haven't watched it all the way through, though, so I might not want that. <laughs> right. But House of Dragons coming out. Isn't yeah, it like the end true. of this month or something? Yeah, something like that. Jesus Christ. We got to get this episode done so I can go watch more. Yeah, Come on. yeah catch up. <laughs> so tonight we're going to be talking about the case of Dior Kuntz Jr., who was a two-year-old child who went missing on July 10th in 2015. This case hasn't been solved yet, even as of now in 2022. Some people think this is part of the missing 411 phenomenon, which doesn't help because of the fact that it was in the missing 411 like episodes. I don't know. I, I don't say it's missing 411. You'll learn why in a minute or well, at the end of the episode. But 
We do have limited answers to this case and the questions surrounding this case. So stick with us and you will be left with just as many questions as we have. Yay! Do you pronounce it phenomenon or phenomena? Phenomenon. Phenomenon? Like the full, yes. That's what I do too. And people all the time correct me and they're like, phenomena. I'm like, no, that sounds like... I feel like it's a different meaning. That sounds like phenomena. Do, 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 do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, it doesn't That's sound exactly like a word. exactly what I thought of when, when you said phenomena and just like, do, 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 do. That's exactly what I wanted to do. Which I lived by a school growing up called Menominee. No. And it always reminded me of that. And I'm like, Menominee. Do, do. I still so. feel like phenomenon and phenomena are two different. Like, they just sound, yeah, like it sounds almost like a, a verb and an adjective or something. Yeah, like, I feel like I they know. mean different things. So I'll have to, I have to look that one up. Well, let's uh, dive in, I guess, unless you have anything else to say. Nope, I don't think so. All right, you ready to get sad? Well, should we talk about the giveaway a little bit? Do you want to talk? We could talk about the giveaway. Well, as you all know, we love food. Fucking love food. So um, we really are really excited for this giveaway because it involves food. We paired up with another company called Dead Darling Boutique, and she makes all these amazing foods and like foods packages and stuff. So funny story, though, we went to what was the the oddities oddities expo? Expo, Yes. And they were there. And um, I have to be like gluten free and onion free and all that. And I was like, do you have anything that involves this? And she's like, actually, yeah, I have gluten free stuff right here. And I was like, yes i'm so excited for this so we we have tried we have tried it before and so of course me i'm always trying to make margie make food with me because my love language is eating food not making food (laughs) eating food just eating it so i'm like margie look at this and both of us are obsessed with pickles so we found like pickle food and we're like ah fuck we don't even care if it sucks we're gonna eat it we're gonna make it we we love it we love pickles but then we also were like oh my god everything is horror themed like They were the packages are like named after scary movies or like after scary things, after cryptids, like weird shit like that. And instantly, one of my favorite things is Jason Voorhees and like Camp Crystal Lake. So they had a Camp Crystal Lake brownie mix and it has like marshmallows. It tastes like s'mores kind of. And so I was like, fuck, yeah, like, let's let's do that. I literally made it. and I didn't want to cook it all the way through because I wanted those marshmallows to be overly gooey and i made it into a giant like chocolate marshmallow it, probably not what you're supposed to do but damn was it awesome <laughs> like loved it so much so definitely check them out if you want to get, get some, some food and the cool part about it was yeah. when we reached out to her she was like you know i know something you know about yourself you love stranger things i love stranger things <laughs> And so she's like, how about this? Hey, you want to you want to one up this whole giveaway? We're going to make it a Stranger Things foodie bundle because who the fuck doesn't love Stranger Things? If you don't, we need to have a talk. Yeah. (laughs) But so she she's doing Stranger Things foodie bundles for us. And like, so who doesn't like fucking waffles? Everyone loves waffles. (laughs) So definitely enter. It's on Instagram. It doesn't cost you a penny. So why the frick aren't you doing it, my friend? Yeah. Get on it. Other than that, if you guys like this, if it goes well, that just means maybe we'll do another one. Uh, Absolutely. Because, I mean, that's the whole reason we're doing another giveaway at this point is because you guys really loved it and you guys were super grateful and you thought it was a really fun experience and you liked our little chats we did with you. And plus, the person that won, we did them a little personalized card. They fucking loved it. And they were like, I got to know you guys better. It was so cute. So, you know, that was really nice. 
Why not do it again? Yes. And this time, food. Food. Makes it better. I want to do one of our other true loves, though. We need to do a candle giveaway next. Oh, yes. Because Kylie and I have at least 375 bajillion candles in our house (laughs) and approximately 20 different ones lit at the same time. All different scents. So every room you walk into is a different smell. It's fine. So we need to do a candle giveaway. So enter this one so we can do that one, guys. Yes, exactly. All right, guys, let's uh, jump on in. We're going to go towards the area of Idaho Falls today, which is in Idaho. Is it? (laughs) I felt really stupid typing that, but I was like, well, you know, you're supposed to type the city and state, whatever. Fuck it. Okay. What's like? Is it Kansas City that's not in Kansas City? Yes. yes. That was my first thought really when it's I in typed Missouri, it. It's Missouri, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's things like that that I'm like, well, I guess I do have to be specific. Right. <laughs> the story takes place at first with two people named Vernal Dior Kuntz Sr. And he goes by Dior, but he also goes by Vernal. And this whole thing is going to be complicated tonight, guys. I will warn you which name I'm going to use for him. I would prefer we all call him Vernal, but we'll just for right now call him Vernal Dior. All right. Then he met this girl named Jessica Mitchell and they were high school sweethearts. But after high school ended, they fell apart. They both went on. They married other people. Both their marriages failed. They ended up getting back together. They reconnected at like a local coffee shop or something in their town. And they were like, okay, cool. This is wonderful. Let's get back together. They instantly, like literally instantly got engaged. And then they were expecting their first child together. <laughs> like it happened like All right. that. <laughs> not wasting any time. No, not. They were on it. So back in, oh, you know what they probably weren't doing, Kylie? They probably weren't soaking. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, guys, Jody Arias in the archives will teach you everything. Oh, man. That's funny. So they were expecting their first child back in 2012. Um, From a previous marriage, Jessica did have two other children. They don't come in line at any point, like in the storyline. I just did want you guys to know that in case anyone's like, what about all the kids? All the children. Vernal didn't have any other children. So their child, (laughs) I'm going to call him Dior. Now you can start to see where this is getting messy, right? So their child's name's Dior Kuntz Jr. He ended up being born on December 30th, 2012. Gosh, dang it. I forgot to do the thing. You did. But it's okay. December 30th. You're going to be a Capricorn. And you share a birthday with, oh, LeBron James. Am I right? Tell me I'm right. (laughs) One second. Shared birthday. December 30th. It's got to be LeBron James. Holy <laughs> fucking shit. Is it LeBron? It's I'm LeBron a huge fucking, fucking Lakers fan, y'all. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Yeah. So my mom's name is Andra and it says celebrity birthdays for December 30th is Andra Day. And I thought it was like Andra's like day. Oh, it's <laughs> really weird. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. I don't know any. Oh, Ellie Golding. I know Ellie Golding. Okay. That's so, it. And her. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's who Dior shares his birthday with. Sick for him. That's awesome as shit. Yeah. I got a lifetime of knowledge of you. <laughs> I bet you it's. You're just like December 30th. Hmm. 
LeBron James. Like, what? (laughs) Where did that come from? I'm like SpongeBob, where he has to like rifle through all the little folders in his brain. I just had to real quick look up the folder, like labeled December in my brain and think of who. It's also uh, Bacon Day. Ah, shit. Well, I also just know a few random Capricorn birthdays scattered throughout December and January in my head. You got like, uh, I want to say... LeBron James, Poppy, Marilyn Manson. Um, you got. I don't have time to look all those like, up. So you, I don't know. You, you have a few fine. random ones. I I don't remember why I know all these ones, but I know like ten random celebrities that are all December and January. I don't know. I don't know why. Okay, that's weird. weird. Moving on. I know I am. <laughs> Dior uh, was born, and to his family, he was called Little Man. It's like his nickname, but I'll talk more about the nickname later. Tonight, you guys are going to look like Hellraiser by the time this episode's done because of all the put a pins in it. Like, literally, (laughs) you're going to straight up look like Hellraiser. (laughs) Dior was a very vivacious, independent, fun-loving, and curious child. He loved playing with his Hot Wheels. And his dad said he specifically loved playing with his trucks because Vernal was a truck driver. So he would like get him trucks, be like, oh, you know, like you want to be like your old man. Like, I like trucks. You like trucks. We're trucks. We're trucks. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica was a CNA. She would eventually become a stay at home nurse CNA type person for her grandfather, which would be Robert Bob Walton. He goes by Robert half the time and he goes by Bob. So. Throughout this whole thing, I'm going to interchange Robert and Bob and you'll understand why. But she was working for staying for him for about a year when this story starts to take place. Now, they call Robert Bob Dior's grandfather, but it would technically be his great grandfather. But they'll be like, do you want to stay with your grandpa? But but it's his great grandpa. It gets really super fucking messy. OK, for anyone that doesn't know, by the way, CNA is certified nursing assistant or nurse assistant. Oh, I guess I just assumed everyone knows that because my yeah. mom was a CNA for a few years. So. Yeah, we're yeah. I'm we, in healthcare. We know nurse. Yeah. 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 So if you didn't know that, that's what that means. So going forward, I'm going to try to always reference the child as Dior and the father as Vernal. But you'll understand the one time I don't do that is when I'm reading something. So I'll talk about it. So apparently I have to keep like kind of being very vague when I talk about things, because you'll learn that a lot of this is through stories and you'll learn about the stories. So the the first version that we're going to talk about here, Bob wanted to take a camping trip with his family. So on July 10th, 2015, He's like, hey, let's go take a trip and go. The original plan was for the trip to begin on Thursday with Bob, Jessica, Vernal, Dior, and Bob's friend Isaac going to the campsite. And on Sunday, Jessica's mom, Trina, would join them. Trina in this is Jessica's mom, so Bob's daughter. The camping trip was going to take place at Stone Reservoir inside Timber Timber Creek Campgrounds. The campground is an extremely remote pretty pretty off grid like off the path type place and it's located in lemmy county of idaho within the salmon chalice national park and forest this national park and forest is is that four million that's four million okay i wanted to make sure i I was like what that is so big is four million acres of land which is 600 nope six thousand six hundred square miles 
It is one of the largest national forests in the lower 48 states. That's so, insane. Massive park, right? Yes. Now, Jessica Vernal Dior Robert and Isaac Rhinewind, who I'm now adding that, that guy in, we're going to go, right? Who's Isaac? You already wonder. Isaac is this dude who is best friends with Robert. Robert, the great grandfather, is best friends with this man, Isaac. Isaac is between 25 to 35 years old. That seems very odd, right? Now, everyone describes Isaac as a very simple (laughs) man. To me, when they describe him, it sounds like they are trying to, in the politest way possible, be like, we think he has a learning deficiency, but we're not sure what it is. So we just call him simple. That's kind of more how they all portray it. I gotcha. When I hear the interviews of him, the man might not believe in brushing your teeth. Mm. Um, but he is very just kind of like, just, you know, go with the flow. Okay. All right. Yep. That happened. Okay. Just kind of like how an old guy would just be like yeah. sitting on his porch doing nothing. He seems observing things. Easy to persuade, maybe. He seems okay. maybe also just like chill, very vague about everything. So take that all for what you will. I don't know why I'm thinking of Lenny. Lenny. Right? From um, um what the fuck? Can why can't I think of it? Lenny. All I can think of is Lenny being the shark from Shark Tale. <laughs> which I don't think is what you mean. What? Hold on. I'm not gonna. It's been a long day. Okay. Lenny. This bitch is gonna say like Trailer Park Boys or some shit I ain't Absolutely never seen. not. I hate Trailer Park oh, Boys. Oh, good. I fucking hate Trailer Park Boys. Sorry for all fans that like it. Bubbles, freak off and get off my property. You fucking want one? Of Mice and Men. The band? No, the book. Oh, oh, oh. I don't remember that book. You don't remember how how Lenny is? He is easily persuaded. He killed an animal. Okay, sure. You had to read it. I don't think I did. You definitely had to read it. I don't think I did. What? All right, we're moving on. Yep, he's Lenny. Now, all these people were going on this trip. Remember, Trina's going to join us on Sunday, whatever. Now, after I'm going to tell you the version that everyone can agree on first, and then we'll kind of dig deeper. So they arrive at the campsite. They set up two camps, one for the couple with the son and then another one for like Robert and Isaac. Bob's on an oxygen tank 24-7. Keep that in mind. That's why he needs a CNA. Where their campsite is, is about 45 minutes to the nearest town. And that town is called Lador, Idaho. Lador is a very small town, like very small, like the smallest town I've ever heard of in my life. It makes Stars Hollow look huge. (laughs) Lador is a historic town and everyone knows everyone. It's not like ha ha funny, but like this is kind of funny. So I went up to see how small it was and I looked up the population census. And in 2010, it said the town had 105 people. Wow. And then I was like, okay, well, I need something more recent than 2010. So the next one was 2019. And it said the census had 106 people. Mm. And I was like, in nine years, only one person was born in the whole town. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, wait, like people. 
die and like people move and stuff. Right. So the number fluctuates. I only could think of the number going up. So I was like, one person was, was born. born. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot all the other details. For a smart person, I'm the dumbest person you'll ever meet. <laughs> really? Seriously? Like, it's the best way to describe me. <laughs> so the next closest campsite to their campsite, they said, would be like about half a mile away. So again, very remote. I'm just trying to paint the picture here for you. They're in the middle of nowhere. It's a super remote place to camp out. And that's part of the reason they picked this area. The family sets up camp in the late evening of July 9th, 2015, and goes to bed because they drove up that night. On July 10th, they wake up. All this is based off stories, remember? So Jessica and Vernal and everyone else wake up and they eat. I can't tell you anything more about it because <laughs> already, already there's discrepancies in the story. Yikes. Then everyone gets done eating. I can't tell you anything more because there's discrepancies in the story. Oh, my goodness. Then Jessica and Vernal take Dior to a store for snacks in a nearby town after breakfast. I can't tell you anything more because there's discrepancies. <laughs> can't even tell you where they went for the snacks because there's discrepancies. Then the parents return. They decide to go fishing, leaving the two year old at the campsite. Can't tell you more because there's discrepancies. <laughs> So the, it sounds like I'm making this up. Like, it, this is really what happens. OK, according to Jessica, she told her father, Bob, who's sitting in a camp chair to look over Dior. Bob claims he didn't hear this request. So that's that's one discrepancy, but it's painting the picture. OK, the couple walks away when they turn around. They see Dior following them. So Vernal, the dad, asks him, do you want to come with or stay behind? According to the story, Bob holds up candy bars and is like, oh, do you want these? And he tempts Dior and Dior stays behind so he can have candy and his parents walk away. Can't tell you anything more because then there's discrepancies. All right. A little bit later, around 2.40 p.m., Vernal says they're at least 50 yards from the campsite and they have been fishing from 30 minutes to an hour. And then they find a different lake area with some minnows in it. Vernal thought Dior would want to see the fish. So he returns to the camp. While Jessica maybe stays back to continue fishing, but I can't tell you more because there's discrepancies. I love so, this one. This is a really this good is case. My favorite right? one. <laughs> so while at the campsite, she hears Vernal yelling, and in the middle of it, she hears, We can't find little man, he's gone. But that's a discrepancy, so just wait for it. Okay. Jessica says she drops her fishing pole right then and there runs back to the campsite hysterically. Vernal and Bob start to disagree about where little man could have been. And Bob thinks he's with Vernal. Vernal says he's with Bob. <laughs> Jessica calls Trina Jessica's mom. This is a discrepancy. Now, what's going to th this one? I'll actually tell you the truth, though. <laughs> so Jessica calls Trina her mom first. Now, it that'll be messy because it's like when did she call the police right okay trina says when jessica called jessica was hysterical and it was hard to tell what she was saying but in the end she ends up hearing her say we lost little man or like something like that like little man's lost and that's all trina remembers so she's like uh you need to call 911. like if your son's missing call the police what are you doing so jessica's like oh you're right i should call 911. there's a discrepancy here but we're going to no move way. on. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> so we're going to move on. At this point, a phone call is placed to 911 from Jessica. She explains she's camping. Her, You can find this call online and listen to the whole thing. And there's also uh, transcripts of it. She describes that her son is missing. He's two years old and he's been missing an hour. She says they are near a body of water because the officer kind of like prompts that. They were like, is there anything near you? And she's like, there's a body of water. Then they spend at least the next minute or so arguing about how to spell Dior's name back and forth because <laughs> the lady's like, what's your child's name? And she's like, Dior. And she's like, okay, what's his first name? And the lady's like, Dior, that is his first name. And she's like, okay, how do you spell it? And she's like, D-E-O-R? No. D-R? No. O-R-R? His name is Or. And she's like, no. D. D or and she's like D E E O R D D O E O E R. It's fucking ridiculous, you guys. And meanwhile, Jessica's just calmly being like, "No, that's not it either." Here, I'll spell it again. But she, it's breaking up. Remember, she's in the middle of nowhere, right? But she's calm. Then Jessica describes what he's wearing. She says cowboy boots on the phone call. This is a discrepancy, though. <laughs> Because sometimes they call them cowboy boots. Sometimes they call them rain boots. Other times they'll just describe them as floppy boots. The fuck are floppy boots? In my mind, that would be rain boots, maybe, because they're like, you know, just rubbery little like floppy. They flop over. I don't know. Yeah, kind of. But then cowboy boots and rain boots are two very different things in my mind. Yes. I get it. Kids boots are like cheap and simple, but I could tell that. I don't know. That one makes me weird. She calls them cowboy boots in the beginning. So we're going to go with cowboy boots. She said that the cowboy boots were anywhere from one to three sizes too big for him. So they're loose, you know, they can fall off, things like that. He was also wearing a camo printed hoodie jacket and then a pair of blue pajama sweatpants type things. She had he had like a little sweater type shirt under the camo print hooded jacket also. <laughs> then they spend the next three minutes of the phone call talking about directions on how to get to her. Because no one can find the campground. So she's like, you know, like when you're in when you're in Lador, like you're going to go past this and then no, actually take the next right. OK, no, no, no. You went too far. OK, so we're actually and that's what they do for the next like three minutes. The operator repeatedly tells her that she needs to stay within cell service because they it's really easy to drop calls out there. And uh, that's the phone call. Now, I've listened to this phone call. I can't tell you how many times, at least like five plus. <laughs> She's calm. She's out of breath, but she's calm. Like in my mind, I would never describe the the this phone call as hysterical. Hysterical to me is where like you can't catch your breath. You're freaking out, you know, but she's like, oh, no, no, it's it's a camo print hoodie. It's camo print. Like she just sounds out of breath. OK, not hysterical. OK, the reason that's weird to me is because remember directly before this phone call, Trina describes Jessica as hysterical to the point of not being able to understand her because she's crying and breathing so difficultly. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a little weird, right? Keep that. Put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. Keep it in your mind. OK. OK. Within two hours of Dior going missing and within the phone call, the Lemmy County police officers arrive. Originally, the officers just assumed they were going to find Dior really quickly because, like I said, this town is so small and they were like well you know even though the park's big they're in this one campsite it's just a child he wandered off in the wrong direction and they assumed that that was it he's just lost they're gonna find him 
They first started with a close search and they looked in like a two mile radius circling the campsite. That didn't bring anything up. So officers and park officials started looking in the nearby reservoir to see if maybe they would need to dredge some of the water and stuff. They were using uh, ATVs and going everywhere to try and find something. The concern was the reservoir because they didn't know if he might have fell, got caught in the lake, something like that. Like that could have been a real issue. So they were kind of focusing on that area a little bit more just because if that was the case, they would find a body. You know what I mean? Trina ended up driving up the next morning and a bunch of volunteers started helping with the search. There's a discrepancy here. (laughs) Over the next two days, over 200 volunteers joined in the search to help find Dior, but there was no luck in recovering Dior or a single trace of him being there. I say that weirdly because we'll explain. This led to a few different outcomes of what police hypothesized what could have happened at this point. Number one, police wondered if an animal could have gotten Dior because in this area that they're camping, there are sightings of lynxes, grizzly bear, wolves, other predatory animals. And they were thinking, what if an animal took Dior? But if an animal is going to take a small child like that, you're going to see some sort of blood trail. You're going to see something... He's wearing boots two sizes too big. That boot is going to come off. You're going to hear that kid scream. Something's going to happen. Number two, was an abduction? Did someone come in and grab him? Did someone want him? Was it a trafficking thing? Number three, and this one, the police were like, this is probably not it. But could the family have had something to do with it? But they didn't think that was a big deal. So first, they really went with the whole animal being the culprit thing, right? So they started searching the dens of animals, like going in wolf dens and bear dens and all this stuff, which fucking sounds terrifying. (laughs) I don't know. Because they were trying to find any sort of remains, any blood trails, bones, blood, clothes, anything, and they find nothing. Like, you would find something, something, and they found nothing. Mm -hmm. So they were like, okay, it's not, not an animal. So it's obviously an abduction, right? Well, then when they started thinking and looking into abductions, they ruled that out because there's only one road leading in and out of the campsite. And remember, Bob was outside on one of the chairs with Dior. Now, he claims (laughs) this is a discrepancy that I'll explain. Clearly, (laughs) he states that he only lost sight of Dior for about one minute. And the reason why he says this is because he's looking at Dior. He's checking in on him. He's checking in. But then at one point he he hears something or sees something. So he kind of like looks over his shoulder and then he looks back and Dior's gone. So he's like, it literally couldn't have been longer than one minute. But if we also remember the reason why this is a discrepancy is because earlier he says that he doesn't remember hearing them ask him to watch the child. Right. But yet he but is then, watching the child. But then we also had the discrepancy where he's like, no, wait, I shook the candy bag. So already it's like, was Bob watching the fucking kid or not? Right. (laughs) What the fuck was happening with Bob? Bob's sitting in a chair. I get that much. But what the fuck else is happening? Right. So the reason why that was also weird is because there is no way that this vehicle could have pulled up that Bob wouldn't have seen or heard it. And there's no way a person could have gotten, you know, the child would have made noise. There's no way that an abduction could have happened without noise happening. So finally, the police are like, what if like weird uh, no i know this is weird i know this is gonna sound crazy just just uh go with me here it's out there it's really out there Mm -hmm. what if the family 
was involved or like someone who was at the campsite. I know it sounds fucking insane, but what if? So they decide that they're going to get written statements from everyone. And weirdly enough, (laughs) there was discrepancies in the story. No kidding. (laughs) So this sucks, but we're going to do it. We're going to go through the stories. So I'm kind of going to replay the whole day multiple times. This essentially is that one episode of Supernatural where every day they wake up and they have to redo the same day and the heat of the moment. Look in your eyes. Okay, well, it's a traumatizing Supernatural episode and everyone that watches Supernatural right now is like, why the fuck did you just do that to me, Athena? I'm sorry. (laughs) We're going to start with Jessica's statement because hers is by far the most interesting So she gives her written statement. It is 14 pages long. Of course it is. We are going to talk about the whole thing. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) So her statement starts from Wednesday, July 8th, 2015. The child goes missing on the 10th, just to give you an example how far back she went. Okay. The when I talk about this, I'm paraphrasing the entire thing, but I'm using her terminology. And when I say that, I have to now tell you that she refers to Vernal as Dior the whole story. So now Dior is the name of the dad. And you will realize she does not call her child by his name. She only calls him little man. Okay. Put a pin in it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So we start off on the morning, July 8th. Her and little man are spending the day hanging out, cleaning the apartment until about 3 p.m., They also like watch movies and shit, but mostly cleaning the apartment until about 3 p.m. Trina asks her to come over. So Trina's her mom. Trina says she needs help moving stuff because she has a bad ankle and she can't do it alone. She needs to move it from like hers to the grandpa's trailer, things like that, whatever. Jessica and little man help her move some stuff and they because they went over there and then little man plays in the yard next door where they can see him. Trina asks Jessica what her plans were for the weekend. And Trina hints on July 8th that Jessica should take Robert camping because he really wants to go. Now, she only refers to him as Robert. And in this scenario, we're now hearing a whole nother discrepancy that Trina is the one that says they should go camping. Okay. Jessica says that it would be fun, but she has to ask Dior. So Trina told her that Robert is going to go camping either way with his friend Isaac, and she just wants them to join her there since Jessica's Robert's CNA nurse. Now, if Robert is on uh, oxygen 24-7 and Jessica's his nurse, and he was going to go either way, doesn't that pretty much mean Jessica has to go either way? Am I crazy for thinking that? That's like not really giving Jessica a choice, I feel like. I mean... Not necessarily, because you have... The altitude up there is so high, though. You have different, like, people available. Like, she may not work on the weekends. It might be a different <sighs> CNA or... No, it was just going to be him and Isaac, though, is how they portrayed it. Hmm. That's why I'm confused. Okay, moving on. Trina told Jessica that her and her husband, so Jessica's stepdad, already had weekend plans, but they would be willing to join them on Sunday to hang out for a little bit and then help everyone pack up. So Jessica and little man then went home and ate dinner that night. And while eating dinner, Jessica brought up the idea to Dior about going camping. That's a discrepancy. 
Dior said that he's actually going to go to Montpelier to chop wood for his dad because he needs that for winter, right? Which, if I'm right, that's like five hours from Idaho Falls where they live. So he was he was going to like take a trip to see his dad. That's like a huge ordeal. Yeah. It's not just like I'm running over there and yeah, afterwards we could leave type thing. That's like a, I'm already driving five hours that way and five hours back. I don't want to go camping on top of that. The two disagreed about what to do, but then they decided to sleep on it. The next morning, they woke up to someone knocking on the door and their dog barking. The person at the door was Robert, and he was asking if they were going to join him on the camping trip. And if so, can they help him plan and pack his stuff? Jessica and little man drove to the parents' house. And after making a list with Robert about what they would need for the trip, little man and Jessica drove over to Albertson's on 17th Street to get groceries. You can already tell this is very fucking detailed, but later you're going to be like, whoa, she missed one giant detail. So just keep in mind how detailed this is. Okay. Afterwards, they put the groceries away in the camper, which was uh, like one item. But then they also put more groceries in Robert's Chevy Suburban. And then they also put groceries in the coolers. So three separate areas. Then little man and Jessica went to Smith's and Mavericks to get more supplies like ice, smokes and stuff. I can't figure out if Smith's and Mavericks is Smith's and Mavericks, like one place, or they went to Smith's and to Mavericks. <laughs> I, I, can't, I gotcha. I can't figure it out. So I just wrote Smith's and Mavericks because I've heard both things. Like some people make it sound like it's two different buildings and some people make it sound like I it's one. I would think it's one. Yeah. They then got back and they unloaded the stuff once again. Jessica then said she was going to go home to wait for Dior to get off work. She agreed that they should all meet back at the parents' house because Robert said that might be the smartest idea, and then they would leave that night. I don't know where her parents' house is, and I'll mention that later. Jessica then headed home with Little Man. She fed Little Man, changed his diaper, and packed things up. And when I say Little Man every time, she's literally physically writing Little Man every single one of these times. Not her son or... No. Okay. Little Man. Okay. Jessica was watching a movie with Little Man while waiting... Once Dior arrived, they packed up the vehicles and headed out. Uh, Vehicle, sorry, only one. It was a truck. Dior helped attach the trailer to Robert Suburban, and then they headed to Isaac's to pick him up. Isaac was like all packed. He had his little black trunk out on the sidewalk and everything. They put it in the car, and then they were going to head out. Isaac and Robert were going to be in the Suburban, and Jessica, Dior, and Little Man would be in Dior's truck, but the actual luggage would be in the back of the truck. They stopped at a gas station to fill the air, the tires with air because apparently the Suburban needed air. So they stopped and filled the the tires, right? Then they get back on the road. They noticed while driving that the camper was swaying really badly. So they stopped, pulled over, and they moved the camper to be attached to Dior's truck instead. And they also noticed the Suburban was overheating. Then they got close to the campsite. So they stopped near Mud Lake and noticed that the truck was overheating. So they switched the camper back to the other vehicle. So now the trailer's on the, uh, the camper's on the Spurman again. Then they actually went into the camper and they realized that Jessica packed everything at the back end of the camper and that's what was causing it to sway so bad. So they like rearranged the camper really quick and got back on the road. Once past Mud Lake, they stopped at another gas station. And at this gas station, Isaac and Dior went inside to grab some things. Dior came outside with two drinks and like a little mini pizza. 
Jessica gave some of the pizza to Little Man to tide him over until they got to the campsite and then they ate the rest and they continued on. Once they got to Lador, they stopped at a restaurant bar to get dinner. And Robert said it was still going to be a little way to the campsite, like another hour. So while Jessica was getting Little Man ready to go inside, she started to like get get him out of the car seat and everything. She saw the guys walking back towards her from the restaurant and they were like, yeah, the place was closed. We'll just go there. I'm so fucking confused on how long this car ride is. Yeah, because they live in Idaho Falls, right? And Idaho Falls to Lador is only two and a half hours. Well, when you have a child, though, this is like 300 stops. But remember, they also went to the parents' house and then to Isaac's. So I don't know. Maybe those were like an hour out of the way, honestly. Like, maybe she lives an hour past her parents. So then it's closer to three and a half hours. Okay, maybe maybe it's making sense. Right. And that you stop every hour for something. For the kid. And because things are going wrong. All right. It's starting to make sense. But otherwise, I'm very fucking confused why (laughs) this two and a half hour car ride is taking like an entire day. (laughs) So they drove for another hour before arriving at the campsite. Jessica then sets up everyone's beds and the campsite area. Isaac had his own tent. Robert, I can't tell, but it sounds like he was staying in the trailer, kind of like the camper trailer. And then Dior, uh, little man and Jessica would be staying in the suburban and they like turn it into a bed. Okay. Okay. Isaac and Robert went to bed. That's a discrepancy. Jessica, Dior, and Little Man stayed up around the fire until they were tired before going to bed, staring up at the sky till 2 a.m., like looking at the stars. That's a discrepancy. Friday morning. (laughs) Friday morning. All right. (laughs) I told you guys everyone woke up and they ate and they left, right? Now Mm -hmm. let's talk about the different versions of that story. We're still all going by Jessica's version. Friday morning, Jessica, Dior, and Little Man get woken up by Isaac throwing open the door of the Suburban and shouting, wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. (laughs) Something I would do. (laughs) Keep in mind, Isaac's a complete stranger to these people, though. Oh, yeah, that's awkward. They had never met Isaac before this moment. And he, like, had a spatula in hand. He looked like he had been cooking and stuff. But if he's this simple man, maybe that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe maybe it does. All right. Simple man. Everyone sat around eating breakfast and talking, and Jessica then decided to make breakfast. What? You heard that discrepancy, right? Right. Okay. Jessica makes it a point to talk about how she specifically cooked breakfast. And she talks about how little man is running around the fire with his blanket and he keeps almost tripping So she ends up taking the blanket away. She either puts it in like the suburban or the camper or something. And she tells him he has to be careful. She does that. Okay. Okay. You're starting to look like Hellraiser because I know you're going to put a pin in that. Yep. After breakfast, Jessica noticed that she started her period and she didn't have anything with her. That really sucks. That would suck. Camping, period. Nope. Nope. This is why you stay inside, people. Nope. We just, we reschedule at that point. I'm going home. (laughs) Everyone, everyone leave. So she told Dior that they have to go back into town ASAP as soon as possible right now, right? So at this point, she tells Robert, you know, like, we got to go in town. I got to get, you know, some feminine products. Robert gives Jessica $50 and says, you know, get what you need. $50. (laughs) Get what you need. But grab me some candy. And like, if you guys want candy or whatever, too. There's a discrepancy. 
kind of there, but it's a solved discrepancy. And I will Ooh. tell you that it's solved. It's it's 90% of the way solved, and I'll explain it. Okay. All right. Um, so just remember Robert gave Jessica 50 bucks. Okay. He tells them they have to be back by one o'clock to go fishing, though. Dior, little man, and Jessica go into town. While driving there, Dior says that he needs to stop at a gas station because he wants to fill the truck up with more diesel. Because, and this was his reasoning, it's a new truck and he's nervous the fuel gauge might be broken. So he wants to check by filling it up to see like if it's going down correctly. But it's a new truck. I don't know if it's new or like if it's new just to new him. to him. So I... I'm not, he's not familiar with yeah, the Yeah, I'm not so. laying a lot of weight on that. Or maybe he was more like trying to say it like, oh, I want to see how much it stores or how many miles per gallons it got. Like that maybe he just explained sense, it yeah. weird yeah. to her because he maybe he's like, I'm not even going to fucking explain miles per gallon to her. She's, I know my wife knows shit about cars. No, I'm just moving on. Yeah, babe, I just want to test out the fuel gauge. Yeah, women. Yeah, women. <laughs> like, who needs to rotate tires? They rotate every time I drive. <laughs> Dummies. <laughs> <laughs> so... I am giving him the benefit of the doubt there that I think it was just a, a dumb blonde moment type thing. When they got into Lador, they stopped at stage gas stage stop gas station. Wow, this is a small town, huh? It's interesting that they stopped there, right? Because she needs to stop to grab tampons. But apparently they stop there. Dior asks where he could get diesel and then they leave. So they leave because they hear that a few buildings down, it's like two buildings down, you can go get diesel. So they couldn't get diesel there at that spot. And okay. they didn't just go inside to get the things they need. They instead are like, no, we have to go get the diesel. So they go down this area and then this story is going to sound confusing. Sorry, but just just pay attention. Oh, now it's confusing. <laughs> OK, so they stop to get the diesel and Dior has to go across the street into the hotel to pay for it. It's yeah. such a small town. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but when Dior comes back, he says the pumps are broken. So they have to go to the other side of town to Peterson Welding Company because they have diesel. My goodness. What a runaround. So Dior gets the directions. They head out. They drive for a few minutes. And at one point, like Jessica's like, hey, we've been driving too long. And they were like, OK, what are the directions? They realize in the directions at some point there was a post office. And she's like, well, the post office is behind us. So they have to turn around. So after they finally make it there. The guy working there is like, come around to the back and I'll get you the diesel. So they do that. They pay. And then they go back to stage stop to get tampons. Finally. What? Okay. I don't care who you are. If I tell you I need a tampon right away and you are over here fiddling with your damn diesel truck, (laughs) I'm breaking up with you. (laughs) Yes. I have blood in my uterus coming out <laughs> sir i'm dying i'm bleeding out care about me uh, she just shoved some toilet paper out there and called it a day she probably damn near no, did she probably did so they get there jessica and little man go inside and they decide to buy some candies and tampons dior then asks them if they want food and they get some potato wedges Great choice. Always a good choice. Jessica says while they were waiting for the potato wedges, a creepy man near the counter was staring at little man and it made her feel uneasy. Then finally, Jessica says she has to go to the bathroom to actually put in the tampon. Right. Because those things need to be inserted. Well, (laughs) wouldn't you, I don't know, right after buying them, be like, hold the child. I'm going to go to the bathroom. 
Jessica, you're you're a brave soul, Jessica. Maybe she was very regular and she knew it wasn't bad, but she started. So she just had some toilet paper. Okay, but you are camping. You bring a certain amount of clothes. Mm -hmm. You have that amount of clothes. Mm -hmm. How periods work is you bleed through clothes. Usually, yeah. If you bleed through those clothes, that's now clothes you no longer have because you're not going to wear them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. But if you're just like regular and it's just like the little spot on day one, you're a regular. Who are you? I need to know what your health tips are. I'm regular. What? Yeah. No, day one's day one sucks. (laughs) Anyway, no, day three sucks for me. (laughs) Sorry, everyone, about this part. (laughs) They're like, well, you know about our menstrual cycles. We learned so much about menstrual cycles in the Dior Coons case, everyone. (laughs) It's not all about the menstrual cycle, guys. We'll move on. So Dior is taking little man, right? Because she's going to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. He might have talked to people with little man. He might have talked to people before he walked away. That part I'm a little fuzzy about. Hers was a little hard to understand, but he, Dior does chat with some people in the gas station. OK. After Jessica goes to the bathroom, she comes back. She sees Dior's on the cell phone. And so she personally herself with her two hands that she grew on her human body (laughs) puts little man in the car seat. And she personally fed him Swedish fish, crispy cream donut holes and potato wedges. That is the best lunch I've ever heard of. (laughs) But who did it? Jessica Jessica did it it with her two arms that she grew. Two arms. She has both arms, right and left. Yes, she is not Jamie Lannister. (laughs) So then they go back to the campground. Robert's upset because they got back at one ten, and he told them to be back at one o'clock. Robert doesn't seem the most friendly. I'll I'll just give that hint. He seems like a very stern father. I don't understand why he's so upset because he doesn't even go fishing. He sits in his damn chair. Um, he was fishing before, like when he, when they get there, he's coming back from fishing. Okay, but, but my thing is, is, if he's coming back, that meant he went before one. So was he going to go back out? And he was upset then, and now he decided he's not going to go out. He's like, "You wasted ten minutes of my life. I'm just not going to fish at all. Fuck you." <laughs> I, I don't. I don't really understand Robert's dealio. Right. So Jessica got little man out of the car seat while Dior and Robert start talking about fishing. And about like how it went, if they caught stuff, things like that. Everyone then sits around the fire pit for a bit. But Jessica decided she really wanted to see if she could catch some fish since they said they had. Because Isaac and Robert both said they caught fish earlier that day. So she goes and grabs a fishing pole and worms from the Suburban. And she asked Little Man if he wanted to take a nap. Little Man said yes, because he was tired. What? No, two-year-olds don't do that. I was waiting for you to say that. He has a terrible too. You think your son's going to be like, yes, mother, please nap me. That please sounds good. <laughs> That's never happening. No. I don't know if you've ever been around child, but that, that shit's a, a two-year-old. Why? Yeah. Let alone the, two, uh, the a two-year-old. That's not. On vacation. Yeah. In the no, middle of nowhere. No. no. Especially if mom and dad are going to go do something as weird as fishing where you get to play with dead things. No, that child is joining. Yes. 100%. So little man says he's tired. So Jessica says, Robert, can you watch Little Man? And apparently he must have agreed because Dior and Jessica start walking towards the lake with Isaac so that he could show them where to go, where like they found the fish. Then they noticed Little Man was actually following them. So they were like, "Okay, do you want to go with us? Do you want to stay with Grandpa Bob? What do you want to do? And he's kind of just like, you know, like, yeah, no, I, I I don't know, you know. So he turns back around and he heads towards Robert in the campsite again. 
The trio of people, meaning Isaac and Dior and Jessica, then resume walking to the fishing area. Jessica even turns around and starts walking backwards just to make sure little man stays at the campsite. Isaac showed them the creek area where they caught the fish, and then he returned to the campsite. Dior and Jessica start walking around the creek area to see if they could find any fish in the water, and then Jessica noticed their dog Missy was following them. Excuse me, what? (laughs) Remember what I told you? She forgot a huge detail. So we're multiple pages into the statement, and this is other than when she says that the dog barked at the house. I assumed the dog was at at home. This is the first mention of the dog. Three for a loop, right? No, yeah, like same. I was reading it and I was like, wait, 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 what? The dog? The dog's with them? <laughs> I fucking didn't know the dog. Where was the dog when I they were going to go to the restaurant? The dog. Where was the dog when they were stopping all these billions of times? Is that why they were stopping? Is it like what a What car was the dog in? No, it's a bigger, like medium sized dog. Oh. Where was the dog? What were they going to do? I'm so confused about the dog. <laughs> All right, moving on. Missy the dog's now in the story. And even when they talk about who's in the story, she very details who's in what car, what luggage is in what car, because she talks about how Isaac's luggage was specifically in their vehicle, even though Robert's was in the Suburban. Like, she's so fucking detailed. But then she's like, P.S. the dog's with us. Did I did I forget to put that in? Oh, it's like seven pages later. Oops. We're good, though. <laughs> Jessica and Dior continued walking along the creek, and they're looking backwards, and they can see the campsite still, and they'll see... They can see Robert sitting in his chair, but they can't see Little Man anywhere. But they're like, oh, he's probably just like right around the corner and we can't see him the way we are somehow. Like, we just can't see him. So they don't think anything of it. They move along the river area and apparently there's like a creek and then there's stones and then there's like a log and they do all this like hop, skip, jumping fucking (laughs) shit over them. When Dior then noticed there's an area with minnows in it and he said, goobs would love to see this. Goobs. Do these people ever call this child by his name? No, because he has the same name as him. Okay, no, I have a different reason why, but we'll talk about Also, goob makes me think of... Um, a goober? Well, yes, but um, Meet the Robinsons. Never seen it. What? <laughs> I'm not even... I'm more shocked that you get shocked at these things. Are you kidding me? No. That's the one with the like chicken little motherfucking looking person, right? And he looks like a chicken. No. Okay. I think I'm talking about chicken little. Yeah, I think you are. (laughs) I think I thought those two movies were interchangeable. (laughs) I've never seen either. Okay. Um, Chicken little is like, huh? He's a chicken. Well, yeah, it's like the end of the world. Um, What? Meet the Robinsons is like futuristic. I know the Jonas Brothers sang a song in it. Yes, they did. Mm -hmm. I know that. Okay. Um, Rob Thomas? Either Rob Thomas or John Mayer, I don't remember which one, also sang a song in that one. Huh. So at this point, after saying goobs would love to see this, Dior goes back to the campsite to grab goobs. So so Jessica puts down the worms and she decides she's going to start fishing there. She can overhear Dior talking to someone back at the campsite. So they must... Not be that far. She can literally overhear it. But she can't hear what they're saying or like who they're talking about. So she assumes Dior is talking to Little Man and that they're like on their way back, I guess. She then notices Isaac had came back to fish with her because she like sees him on the other side of her. So while fishing, she then hears Dior really loudly say, 
Goobs is gone. We can't find him. Jessica throws down her fishing pole. Now, remember earlier we said he said Lulman is gone. Right. So that's another discrepancy being solved or lack of being solved. Jessica throws down her fishing pole, runs back to the campsite and starts yelling. She asks, where was he last seen? And she found out that he was near a tree playing with his boots. So Jessica starts freaking out and she and Dior decide they need to call 911. What? Well, that's not what happened, though. And we have the phone records to prove that. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. But we'll, we'll, we're, we're just going to bypass that one. Take out one of your pens. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> While searching, Jessica thought she heard little man yelling mama. So she was trying to like pinpoint where she heard the nur- n- nurse. The nurse. Where's the nurse? <laughs> I had done so good up to this point, too. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so she was trying to pinpoint where she heard this noise and she's looking around. She doesn't see it. And then she takes little man's blankie, pushes it in Missy the dog's nose and tells her to go track down the scent. <laughs> Ask me if this is a tracking dog. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> what type of dog is it? It was like a from what I it was a mutt like lab type thing from what I've mm. heard. I mean, it they- was. Not they could tra- possibly. Has this dog ever tracked anything in his life? No. Though? Probably not. Probably not. Missy apparently took off towards the creek, though. Then she ran back towards the campsite. Then she ran down by the road. So Jessica just started checking everywhere. Meanwhile, Dior was off trying to get service. Um, so he couldn't get service on his phone. So he took the truck and drove up the road because he had to go call 911. Put a pen in it. <laughs> The dog situation wasn't working out. <laughs> Thank you for just putting it right in the same Putting it right back. So she's still trying to, you know, get Missy to help them find the child, but that's not working. So Dior comes back to the campsite and he's like, have you found little man? And she's like, no one's found little man yet. So he says, I'm going to go drive up the road to actually call 911 now. What? Because he didn't the first time. Okay. So now he leaves again. To go attempt to call 911. All right, weird, whatever. At this time, Jessica starts calling her mom. So see, she admits that she called her mom, but she makes it sound like she called the cops first. That's that's part of this weird part. She made five separate calls just to get enough service because like it kept cutting out and things like that. When Jessica finally did get through, she told Trina what was happening, but she was so hysterical it was hard for Trina to understand her. Trina told Jessica to call 911. Jessica then places the call to 911. At this time, Dior also places a call to 911. Put a pen in it. (laughs) After the phone call, Jessica empties her pockets into the seat of the truck. I don't know why. It's cool. People do that. I don't know. Um, But and remember, I'm like talking about her written statement. She then scribbles out and scratches out what's written after this. And it's super illegible and no one can read it. Hmm. Weird, right? A little bit. Then when we can find out what she's writing again, it says that Jessica then started searching again. She sees Isaac walking back from fishing and he can tell something's wrong. So he's like, what's wrong? And she's like, you know, like my son's missing. And he's like, oh, okay." And then like walks past her towards the campsite. Jessica's super pissed off because she's like, Isaac didn't seem to care. And I didn't understand why. So then she goes and starts searching the creek some more. At this point, she hears Dior talking with someone and a man named Ray had came up on one of the ATVs. I don't know if he's one of the park officials or one of the police officials, but he's definitely like an official. 
And he starts asking questions like, where did you last see the kid? Things like that. And they start searching. He then asks them to double check everywhere, like check inside the camper. Did he fall asleep somewhere? Check inside the vehicles, all that kind of stuff. And then finally, the rest of the police and search rescue team arrive. That's the end. That's her 14 page summary. Okay. Okay. I actually shortened that. I'm sure so you much did, for yeah. you because it was so overly detailed and ridiculous. So next up was Vernal, the dad, and he's supposed to give a written summary. His was only two pages. Ready for a lot of contradictions. Are you are you ready? Do you memorize everything that happened? I kind of did. Pages? Yeah, I'm ready. I remember all the pins. All right. So this is his two page summary when he was asked, what happened to your son? That's the question. He is now giving a response. I would like to know this man's SAT score on behalf of written responses, because you will understand that when I say this. The question was, what happened when your son went missing? And again, this is the reply. All right. On July 10th, Vernal wakes up in the suburban with Jessica and his son. Journal. Journal. (laughs) (laughs) Vernal woke up last at 8 a.m., Naturally, just waking up mm-hmm. with nothing waking him up. No mm-hmm. eggs and bakey, nothing. Everyone else was already awake and out at like the fire pit area. So Vernal got up and he offered to make breakfast. He said if he makes breakfast, Jessica has to watch Dior. So he starts cooking breakfast. And Jessica was not noticing that Dior was running around while Vernal was cooking and about to trip over his blankie multiple times. So he had to repeatedly tell Jessica to watch Little Man or take his blanket away. Interesting. Everyone ate. And by the way, Vernal does not use the term Little Man. He calls him my son every single time. So every time I say my son, that's literally what he's saying. He does not. He says Dior like twice in the whole thing. Okay. Everyone ate. My son was playing with the dog, Missy. Oh, he manages to mention fucking Missy in the first pair. Yep. (laughs) Jessica then told Vernal that she needs to go in the town for tampons. So they go into town because he wanted a rockstar energy drink. Robert wanted candy and, you know, Jessica wants tampons, needs whatever. Vernal decides he also needs to fuel up his diesel truck along the way. Vernal says Jessica strapped my son into the vehicle and they went off. Bob said they had to be back around 11 a.m. so they could go fishing. Huh. Vernal says the nearest town was Lador, which is eight miles, but 45 minutes away. Now, I think the 11 a.m. thing is a mistake and he meant to say something else. And then it just like got transposed because if they woke up past eight, then they eat breakfast and then they probably clean up all that area. And then they get a two year old ready to go into town and everything. And then they actually have to drive 45 minutes into town and then 45 minutes back. They're not making it at 11 a.m., but 1 p.m. OK, maybe. Like, yeah. So I think maybe he accidentally made a mistake and then he didn't know how to correct it or he just like didn't realize it and he just gave up on that. Yeah. So that one I'm not taking very seriously. While heading into town, Vernal says he wants to top off his truck. So now it's changed. He doesn't need diesel. He just wants to top it off. Right. And it's not checking the fuel gauge. He's topping it off. Okay. So he wants to go to a gas station and get more diesel. Vernal saw a sign that said they had diesel, but it was card only. So he said he only had cash. And the sign said, if you have cash, that's okay. But the only place that can take it is the hotel lobby. 
that's why he had to go to the hotel lobby. So Vernal goes in the lobby, but they say they're out of diesel. Of course. But remember earlier, it was that the diesel pumps were broken. Now they're out. So they need to go to the Peterson machine place, he said. Maybe he just didn't remember the name. And that they would give him directions. They got lost going there. They got turned around. They passed the post office. They had to go back around. Then they found the place. They had to drive around to the back. They got diesel. They headed to the stage stop then. He also, oh, when he, when he wrote this, he uh, capitalizes random words. He uh, does not use punctuation and his handwriting is really sloppy and he does not spell things correctly. So it's really fun to read it. Right. So they go to stage stop to get Jessica the things she needs. While at the gas station, my son picked out Swedish fish and Vernal actually decided to grab him a bigger bag of Swedish fish in case like they want some. He then grabbed a rock star. They then get potato wedges, donut holes and some other stuff. Um, Other candy. Vernal describes that he chatted to a few of them in the gas station and he described everyone in detail up to this point. Like, for example, when he says the guy gave him diesel, he's like he had red hair. He was heavy set. He was five, five and he dressed normal at the gas station. It was a Hispanic woman, late 40s, long hair behind the register. I talked Mm. with five men. One was working in a Budweiser truck. He was late 30s, uh, brown hair. Like he he described like almost like what you would like a police report type style. Like right. fast, simple, good descriptions. Mm-hmm. Then after saying he talked to everyone, he specifically talks about talking to the Budweiser truck guy. That's why I mentioned that. Then Jessica heads off to the bathroom. Vernal says he's going to put our son in the truck. Vernal puts him in the car seat himself. Okay. With his two hands that God gave him. And he gave him donut holes and potato wedges that he fed him himself. Vernal. Vernal to the goober. To goobs. (laughs) And then they waited for Jessica to come out. While driving back to the camp, Goob asked for Swedish fish. So at this point, Jessica opened the candy and gave it to him. Isaac and Bob were returning from the campsite and they were telling stories how they caught fish. And there were other fishers there fishing. Jessica wanted to go fishing, so Isaac pulled out a bag with seven fish in it and said, this is what you can catch, and they showed him where to fish. That's it. That's the end of his statement. That's the end of his statement about how his child went missing. Okay. (laughs) Do you see why I said I really want to see how this man answers questions? I feel like he's one of those men where it's like, honey, are you hungry? Yeah. Do you want to go out to eat? Yeah. Okay, would you rather go to, like, a steakhouse? Do you want to get pizza? Sure. No, no, honey. I asked, I asked you. you two different questions. Yeah. <sighs> okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> he was just recollecting the day. <laughs> he was just like, what a good camping day. Let's remember that one. I'm right. going to write it down so that in case I forget, you guys, you guys can keep this. Photocopy it. Send it to me. Email me. My name is goob at yahoo.com. <laughs> now, if you're thinking there's a ton of wow moments already where things don't line up, I haven't even begun to talk about the recorded or taped interviews because there's so many. So I'm just going to blaze through the major problems through all this. Can I also talk about why to this day we don't have a simple like write, um, write like something, some sort of like essay type thing where you're writing, physically writing. Yeah. But your statements are typed. Why is that not a thing? Huh? Yeah. You know, because then you have no discrepancies about how everything is like worded or, you know. Uh Uh-huh. That makes sense. 
Weird. But you still need like the writing to make sure. Yeah. For like evidence and things. But you could write like, how does this person like how who is this person to you? Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, they end up doing polygraphs instead in this case. And (laughs) just wait. So here's some of the things. Some of these are going to be new things, but a lot of these you've heard so far. Things that the police already are like, what the fuck? Who cooked breakfast? That seems like such a simple question. Who the fuck cooked breakfast? Like, Right. Why is that a hard question to answer? Right. Who put Dior in the car seat? Why is that a hard question to answer? That should not be who the fuck took this child, put it in. Okay, whatever. Who was watching baby Dior? <laughs> Still not a hard question. What's the deal with the 911 calls? These should not be this hard. So then uh, there's a recording where Jessica tells a different story. And I talked about this one, a pen earlier. Okay. How when everyone went to bed, the initial story, they're staring at the stars until 2 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. Now, she then later contradicts herself and tells another story that actually Isaac didn't go to bed. Only Robert did. Isaac stayed awake and he was being really weird, playing with a knife near like a. He was near the fire. He was like either like throwing it and catching it or he was like stabbing it into a log and like just being really ominous. And he kept making comments about how they shouldn't bring a child on a camping trip because bad things can happen to him. Okay. I'm sorry, sweet little Isaac. No, don't, don't tarnish my, my, my man's name here. Maybe you really haven't seen of mice and men. (laughs) I must not have. So so. (laughs) during the tape interviews, there's a portion where Robert says, I better shut up before I get in trouble here. Then he also claims, I bet all of our stories are going to be different. Those are weird, right? That's a little weird. Um, another discrepancy. Supposedly, well, this kind of makes sense, Isaac, but Trina refused to help with the search. Now, the reason, another reason that's odd is because Isaac said he didn't even fully know that much about the search because he said he didn't even wake up until past noon that day. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey, what the fuck you say? Because right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that's a huge, huge difference. Right. So he's like, I didn't know much about the situation. Like, I woke up and then I went fishing and then I came back and there's like fucking police everywhere. I didn't know. I didn't know the kid. What do I do? Huh. That's really weird, right? So then they want to give polygraph tests. And at first, everyone says no, that they won't be willing to do polygraph tests. And then they become suspects. Like, why? Yeah, exactly. So uh, they couldn't like Vernal, Jessica and Robert couldn't pass any of the polygraph tests, which, okay, that happens. Right. But here's the thing. All three of them only got one question right on the whole polygraph test. And it was their name. (laughs) Right. They didn't get a single other thing. Now, Jessica comes back at the cops and is like, well, it's because I was nervous. And cops are like, yeah, but most nervous people can't even get their name then. So that's. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, if you're that nervous that like your heart rate is actually spiking and making it look like you're lying. Usually your your name will even come up as a lie. Like even basic things or like they could ask you like what's two plus two. And if you answer four and it shows as lie, they can tell that it's your heart rate spiking and they will try to calm you down. Right. But we also know, true crimeies know, polygraphs aren't real. (laughs) Polygraphs are admissible in court. We can't actually utilize them. You know, they're more for like the show (laughs) and they're more for like trying to get people to say things. So I guess ignore that. Whatever. Now, when they talked about what that hotel was that they went to go pay it, they call it Clover Creek Motel. 
to pay for the diesel, right? But uh, Clover Creek Motel isn't even in Lador. It's a whole nother town over. Why would you lie about that? Like, that's something that can be fact-checked. Yeah. Weird, right? I mean, you could always, like, I don't know. If you're really, like, traumatized, you could still get some of your story, like, mixed up with, like, events of the day. They did stop a couple times, like, the night before. Okay. Remembered that name, and then, you know. Fine, Kylie gets a point there. I'm just playing (laughs) devil's advocate. So, another time that Jessica tells the story. (laughs) This bitch doesn't need to shut her mouth. She's being a Jody Arias at this point. (laughs) So she starts to talk about Vernal and about how when they were walking to the creek, sometimes the story is Vernal's with her walking to the creek. But other times she says that Vernal actually went back to the truck and was like hanging out with baby Dior while she was walking and fishing. And there ends up being an audio recording of this where Vernal like calls someone and he's like, why the fuck is she changing her story? Um, She's going to get us all in trouble. Like, what is she doing? She's trying to make us look bad. Like, can she not keep her story straight? What the fuck's happening here? And like Vernal's pressed about it. These recordings are almost all on the private investigators Facebook and like a page and stuff. That's where a lot of these come from. Other people mentioned seeing the car seat. So when they went into town, let's talk about that. Right. So they talk about seeing the guy at the diesel station. They talk about seeing the guy at the gas station. They talk about talking to the truck drivers. They talk about the Budweiser guy. Right. So they try to hunt down some of these people, right? Because some of them they can just, you know, walk up to and talk to. Mm -hmm. Everyone remembers seeing the car seat in the car, but no one ever remembered seeing a child in the car seat. Weird, right? Now, the people that Vernal talked to at the gas station, right? Okay, the Budweiser guy specifically. Vernal later tells like a really elaborate story about the Budweiser guy. And it was that... They like chatted and I don't know if Vernal said he loved Budweiser or whatever, but they talked about the truck and then supposedly like the guy let baby Dior sit on his lap in the front seat or like sit in the front seat or something and like was hanging out with him. First off, creepy weird. Um, That movie Joyrides scarred me. Well, he's a, a truck driver though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But still weird. It's a random stranger and this is your child and it's a beer company. Yeah, I don't know. It feels weird. probably like used to talking to a lot of like truck drivers okay so that story right that story Mm -hmm. so they find the budweiser guy right and he's like yeah they didn't have a kid with them also that didn't happen that's illegal for me to do that my license would get revoked you can't have children in the front seat you definitely couldn't have a baby in the driver's seat and i working for a beer company cannot have someone under 21 in the car like that's part of my stipulations i would lose my job that didn't happen. They didn't have a kid with them. I talked to them. There was no child. <laughs> weird, right? A little weird. Another time, there's a recording of Jessica. Of course. And she says that at one point, she saw Isaac standing there with a shovel with blonde hair on it. But she just couldn't give it to the investigators. She didn't get the chance. Okay. Where was this shovel in your super detailed story, Jessica? I don't like her. Whose vehicle was it in? I don't. I don't Where like was her. it, Jessica? Just tell the fucking truth. Show Fine. me, Jessica. <laughs> so then the camping trip. When was it planned, right? Okay. So earlier we talked about how, like, Trina said they should plan it. But then they were like, no, Bob wanted to go on it. Well, Jessica later says that it was planned for over a week. That's different than everything we've heard at this point. Now, Vernal. Vernal. He's he's got the goods here. Vernal was at work when he found out about it. 
And he was called the day they were leaving and he was at work and his boss was there and he had Jessica on speakerphone. And his boss even can like vouch for this. She was like, we're going camping. And he's like, I don't want to. I have plans. And she's like, no, we're going camping. Like, I'm not asking. I'm telling you we're going camping. And he was like, no, I'm at work. Like, seriously, like, I don't want to do this right now. Like, I and the boss remembers being like, did she tell you they're going camping? Like, was this like a planned thing? He's like, no, this is a spur of the moment. She wants to leave tonight. Interesting. Weird, because she kept talking about how they had talked all these days. And that's why her story backtracks so far and his doesn't. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. because he didn't know about it before that. Okay. Then, and this is the one where I said there's a 90% solved version of this. There's two receipts from stage stop that are six minutes apart. Now, true crime people think they solved this the first time because the first receipt has like half the, there's technically three receipts actually, but the second one's like just seconds later or the third one is, sorry. So the first one is for X amount of dollars and it's with, um, uh, I thought I heard it said it was with card, but that wouldn't make sense because he said he only had cash. So mm-hmm. it either way, however they paid, it had like some random stuff on it, like the potato wedges and the energy drink and a random piece of food or something like that. Now, here's the one weird part. It didn't have the Swedish fish on it, but Vernal said he bought Swedish fish, but that could have been a mistake. He could have been like, yeah, I bought them, but they were bought at the next transaction that that I'm just going to giveaway whatever Mm -hmm. so that's the first purchase then six minutes later there's a second purchase of the tampons and the candy and like that one i think actually has potato wedges the first one had the Krispy Kreme donuts something like that so they're separated right Mm -hmm. now then there's a third purchase which is 22 dollars in gas or something like that now the thing is Remember that the grandpa gave them gave them fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. I think that's why there was the two receipts because she's like, "Well, we want the Krispy Kreme donuts. You want the the energy drink and stuff." Like, my dad is sick. He's old. He's retired. Why don't we buy our stuff? And he did offer to buy the candy, and it's candy for goobs, so he'll buy that. He offered to buy my tampons, but we'll buy the other stuff. So they technically quote bought it, but it was for. Yes, him. That's what I genuinely think is the answer to that one. Okay, because other people say, no, the reason why they did this is so that they both had an alibi because he walked in, bought the first purchase, went back out to the car. She walked in, but did the second purchase so that they both had an alibi. Like, remember seeing me that day? I made a purchase. But I I can see both sides. I can see both sides. But if I'm thinking about it and it's. If it were like me and it's like my grandpa's logical, money. Yeah, the stuff, logical answer is I that. would do two different receipts. I would just be two polite. different transactions. Yeah. Yeah. It's the logical, polite thing. I don't know. Not that I think any of these people are polite, but it just it makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know. People in the true crime world really get a big deal on that two receipt thing. But to me, that one seems like the most logical thing of the whole fucking day. Literally. <laughs> so that's the case. But I have more, right? Okay. Of course. So, (laughs) of course I do. We (laughs) talked a lot about the differences. Here's weird stuff that happened after the differences that we haven't even like talked about. Okay. Now, after the case went public, a family friend named Frank Vilt 
who is a former U.S. Marshal turned private investigator nowadays, offered to do everything pro bono because he was convinced it was an abduction case and he knew them and he's like, I'm going to help solve it. After a short time being on the case, and I mean short time, like days, Frank offered up $20,000 of his own money to help find Dior. The family turned it down. Supposedly, Vernal says that didn't happen, that they didn't turn it down and he didn't know about it, but everyone else was like, no, he turned it down. Now, Frank Vilt thought that was really sketchy, so he publicly wrote a letter and posted it talking about how he doesn't trust them and he thinks the family gave Dior up for an illegal adoption. In 2016, the cops officially declared Dior's parents officially as the prime suspects. Also, I found this out and I I didn't put it in here because it didn't seem that important, but just a weird fun fact. Not fun. Uh, (laughs) Vernal Vernal got in like a really serious car accident like right after that happened. Weirdly enough. Like bad, bad. I mean, he was fine, but like the car was totaled. The truck was and stuff. And like the other person, their vehicle was totaled and stuff. It was out out in Idaho Falls. I mean, no one was super hurt or anything. Everyone recovered and stuff. But it was almost weird because if you if all this didn't happen, like. That would be weird, like for this husband to get in a really bad gnarly car accident. But then the fact that it was the husband of the missing child, like mm-hmm. it went on the news because they were like missing child's parent gets caught in car accident. Right. Exactly. OK. Back in 2016 still. OK, moving on. Lemmy County Sheriff Lynn Bowerman said the mom and dad are being less than truthful. And every time there are some changes to a part of their story. You Clearly. Right. <laughs> After that, another private investigator came onto the case, and this guy was named Philip Klein from Klein Investigations and Consulting. Now, I had you put a pin in the 911 phone call time. So during the 911 phone call, at one point in the background, you can hear another operator answer another phone call, and it sounds like she's talking about similar things. So the operator asks if Jessica's husband is also calling about their missing child. But the question doesn't really get answered because like before either like she gets cut off or something. She's like, oh, is your husband calling? And then either Jessica must have like said something, been like, oh, he was wearing or something. It just happens to casually the conversation moves on. So that question doesn't get answered. Okay. But Philip, the PI, says there was actually three separate phone calls to 911 that were made. One from Jessica, one from Vernal and one from Bob. However, only Jessica's call has been released to the public currently. Hey, now the PI for that company only stayed on the case for seven days, seven days. And the reason they stopped being on the case was also because they found the situation sketchy. So during the time he was helping them, Philip, um, uh, there was a GoFundMe that raised twenty five thousand dollars. It could have been more, but by the time people started noticing it, it was twenty five thousand dollars. And then it like the. There was a lot of volunteers and the town really rallied behind, like the whole state of Idaho rallied behind this family, mind you. They like really thought it was a big deal and that this child was really missing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the money was spent on searching the lake, searching the forest areas, like all that kind of stuff, because again, it's a massive park. They found out over time that the stories were like really off, like no one could like verify anything in the stories and no one's stories were matching up. As you've clearly heard this whole case. Right. And like something as simple as no one at the gas station remembered the child or the dog. 
all of a sudden everyone's also like, I don't remember them having a dog with them. That's okay. Uh, Apparently she... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At this point, I'm not even shocked that they forgot the fucking dog. Maybe the dog was at the campground. Who knows? It's just so odd. Okay, whatever. So later the firm said they investigated leftover furniture, clothing, and items that were left in an apartment that the couple was evicted from for not paying rent. So the Jessica and Vernal get evicted, right? And the landlord allows the PI firm to come and search the apartment. The search shows some pretty weird shit. One of the things was they found the four matchbox cars that were described as missing and were put in the police report as missing items from the campsite. Like supposedly when this child went missing, the four toys were missing too, but those four toys were found there. Okay. Also, the camo jacket that he was supposedly wearing the day he was that went missing, it was in the apartment. That's weird, right? That's really weird. That's really weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Some people say, like, that's not that weird. Maybe he did have more than one camo jacket and stuff because they do live in Idaho and that's like a common thing to wear. And maybe they just mistook which one they brought. But at that point, wouldn't they be like, he has a bunch, but he was wearing this specific one, anything. But then also, I wouldn't trust a thing they say. So I don't know. Clearly. Yeah, no, absolutely not. This one gets really weird, really weird. I don't even know what to make of this sentence. So I'm just this is word for word what they said. They found a credit card that was used by a family friend with seemingly purchases of items unknown to investigators and testimonies. What does that mean? Did you buy a bandsaw? Did you buy a shovel? Like, what are these unknown items? Yeah. Did you buy a mini coffin? (laughs) Did you buy a large box that could house maybe a small child? Nope. Don't like that. Did you buy a barrel with like chemicals? I need to know what you bought. This makes no sense to me. Right. So then a third investigation PI firm comes on the case. Okay. And they quit after being on the case about a week. (sighs) They released the following statement. This is so much, you guys. All right. All right. I have to like clear my throat to prepare for this one. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm ready. On Monday, November 13th, 2017, KIC Texas provided formal notice to Steve Penner, the, Le- the Lemmy County Sheriff, that we would be withdrawing from the Dior Coons case effective immediately. I would like to make the reasons for withdrawal very clear for the media and the general public. We believe KIC Texas can no longer move this case forward. It is our firm belief that until truthfulness comes from the persons that we, as well as law enforcement, have named as suspects, there is nothing further to investigate. All evidence leads to the death of Dior Kuntz Jr. We do not believe that kidnapping or an animal attack occurred, and all evidence supports this finding. We believe charges should be filed on the parents for child endangerment at a minimum. We publicly ask the district attorney of Lemmy County to strongly consider this charge. We have recently become aware that Vernal Dior Kuntz and his father, Dennis Kuntz have filed another lawsuit against our firm. This suit, as well as the misinformation campaign by certain social media trolls, appears to be coordinated efforts to impede the investigation. We are unable to continue our efforts in this case 
while simultaneously defending against a suit of this nature. As we have said, the truth is the ultimate defense. We would like to publicly thank the citizens of Idaho for their open hearts and minds. We thank the businesses that offered us food, shelter, and warm wishes. We thank the family members of baby Dior who have pure and clean hearts and have helped us to understand the parents' dysfunctional family dynamic. We would also like to thank the many who we have interviewed. You are in great hands with Lemmy County Sheriff Penner, Bonneville County Sheriff, and the FBI. We believe Dior Coons Jr. will be found one day. That's a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. Coming from big officials like that, mm-hmm. like a whole PI firm that is trying to solve this case and the suspects are the family and he's saying like hey the suspects did it by the way but we can't say that like essentially that's what this man's saying yeah fucking wild well and he like does a shout out to the ones that are like have true intentions yeah this man straight up drug their asses through the mud yeah so after that i think there's a new guy on the case now i don't know much about him now it was hard to find stuff out But as of 2022, the case is still open and running with no promising leads and no sign of Dior. One bit, nothing. They did one of those age photos to show what he would look like now because I think what he would be like nine years old now or something. 2022 minus 2015. That's seven, eight, nine, nine years. Yeah. Yeah. So he'd be about nine years old. Adorable as shit. Uh, Looks like what I would imagine. Well, I know what he looks like, but if I had, he looks kind of like baby Kurt Cobain. Okay. Yeah. Just an adorable, vivacious child. Um, so yeah, there's lots of theories. The theories, you know, was he trafficked? Did the parents have something to do with it? There's the theory. Did the parents murder him? There. Okay. So here's the thing. Weirdly enough, there's two weird things, I guess, here that I should mention. They sent out cadaver dogs. The cadaver dogs did hit on one area, but uh, they couldn't find anything there. So they're wondering if maybe it was a holding area for a dead body. But then also later, the cadaver dogs hit another area, but a person, this is fucking ridiculous. A person didn't know that this case was happening. And one of their loved ones asked for their cremated ashes to be spread in that specific park. And this person was there just spreading their ashes. And the police were like, uh, what are you doing? Like, this is an open crime scene for a potentially dead person. (laughs) So that happened. Um, supposedly there has been some released things that there may have been another hit in the past recent, like two years, but we don't know much more than that. And, uh, people are like, well, maybe the body isn't at that area though they were gone a long time in the town right maybe the body's in the town maybe the body isn't a a deer by town maybe that's how they knew where the motel was in the next town maybe they drove all that way and then just drove back Mm -hmm. like maybe they really didn't do all these weird stops they are you know who knows um but that's that because why would everyone not remember the child in the car or remember talking to the child like maybe there's something else bigger going on was the child ever at the campsite? Well, Isaac says he remembers the child there. And what would Isaac have to gain by lying? But also, what if Isaac was coerced into saying something? Mm-hmm. Or what if he was also threatened, potentially? Mm-hmm. Because 
Bob remembers seeing the child, the family remembers seeing the child, but no one besides them does. Hmm. That's Dior Koontz. So what, what the fuck know. happened to him? So that's why he gets fought, fought, fell, trapped, put, put, puts the word. <laughs> um, I don't know what just happened. Put it in the 411. That's phenomenon. why he gets put in the missing 411 is because technically, yes, he did go missing from a forest national park. But this has a lot of different levels compared to the levels like missing 411 has a lot of levels. This has a lot of levels. Those levels are not the same levels. We're comparing like. Mario and Donkey Kong right now. Yes, both great games, very different games. They both have levels. You're going from start to finish, but they are different. And that is what's happening here. Now, when they were filming the the the, the show, the docu series like Missing 411, that happened to be around the same area and time zone as the Dior Coons case. And I think that's literally what happened is they kind of fell into the case, fell into that category. Yeah, and so it started with it and then it was like shit we put it in this category we have to roll with it now um and because at first glance missing child from a national park sounds like a missing 411 technically i guess so speaking of that i did watch the missing 411 documentary i've watched all missing 411 things i can get my little grubby paws on i love <laughs> no i want to say i love for missing 411 i'm intrigued intrigued yeah, yeah. that's the way cuz it's something it's intriguing. It reminds you me. You want to know what happened. I don't know why. This is not at all missing 411, but it's something that reminds me of it. Um, do you remember that guy that was found at the campsite in the chimney upside down? In the middle of nowhere? It's not at all missing 411, but like it's the only thing like it reminds me of it, how it's like almost unexplainable, but it's completely like it sounds like there's explanations, but any explanation you give for it doesn't make sense. We'll talk about that case one day. It's fucking wild. If you want to look it up, I'm sorry I don't know the case number or anything, but uh, one of my favorite podcasts, True Crime Guys, covers it. And I think they called the episode The Boy in the Chimney. Um, it, it's it's awesome. Michael and Lauren are great podcasters, and I highly suggest if you want to know more about that case, listening to that one. So uh, otherwise, documentary-wise, I watched a lot. I watched a lot. There's not a lot of like, there's no really like books or like things about this case. They actually try to keep this case under wraps a little bit, but it's obviously like the news and people are like, no, because it's a national case. And I think they only want to keep it hushed so that they can preserve what information they have. I mean, maybe. Yeah, because it's still open. They yeah. can't really release everything. Yeah. So the documentaries that I watched, uh, most of them are on YouTube, actually. Investigation Discovery, so ID Now, uh, season one, episode six. It's called Dior Coons. Real original name there, guys. Um, the next one, Without a Trace, the Dior Coons mystery. I watched Horror at the Campground. I watched Where is Baby Dior? I watched Little Man Lost, Gone Without a Trace. And then I probably watched a bunch of other random shit in between all that. So what do you think happened? I Honestly... <sighs> Bro, I don't know. <laughs> so you wonder what I think happened. I think the family killed him. I really yes. do think the family killed him. Yes. And I think that they buried him in the town. I don't think the kid was ever alive, though, with them, because I think Isaac would have spoke out. I don't think the kid was with them. And I think they scared Isaac into not talking somehow. I think Maybe. the kid was already dead when they started the camping trip, because why else did they randomly sporadically plan this trip other right. than to get rid of the body? What do you think? Yeah, I I agree with that in a sense. 
I'm not sure that Robert's involved, though. I think that he needs a CNA. He's older. He has COPD. He's sleeping after breakfast. Hmm. Okay, yeah. So he's sleeping after breakfast, and they go and go <laughs> fishing. So did they just talk him into saying the things he said then? Where he's like, well, I, I kept looking back and seeing Dior. Like, he's adamant well, are- that he saw Dior that day. He even says that. That he saw him physically, yes. like, playing. He physically gave testimony that he saw Dior, he played with right. Dior, he hung so, out with Dior. breakfast, all the way up to breakfast. Okay. Dior is there. Mm-hmm. Little man is there. And he has the time in between after breakfast where he's sleeping because he's a geriatric patient. He has a CNA all the time. He's on oxygen. He's fucking sleeping after breakfast. And then they are going fishing. Yeah. Where you're still alive. And all of a sudden there's that's after all of the discrepancies become a thing. So you have him. I I don't know if they like push him in or or what, but all of a sudden he's like missing. And then they're. What's the word I want? Um, convincing everyone around them that he's missing and that something happened. But there was discrepancies before the fishing of it. Right. Okay. Between Jessica and... Well, I mean, between Jessica Vernal and Bob, technically. Yeah. But, you're but that's going to be this. Bob that's going to be right. Like, Bob's version okay. is, this, is, the, is the truth. And then we have... All of the differences in their stories when they go to town because they don't want to say what actually happened when they got turned around. Okay. I don't know. This whole case is just wacky. I bet you they were going to stop at the stop and whatever. Stop and stage stop. Yeah, that one. (laughs) Stage stop. Who names the gas station that? But all right. Um, They were going to stop and he's like, I need diesel in order to go the places we're going. But then they decide not to because then they could see like potential people could see the body and then they're like, oh, OK, no, we shouldn't stop. So we they keep going. They get turned around before they're getting diesel. Right. Uh huh. So they hide the body. Okay. And God knows where. And then go back into town, get diesel and then go back to stage stop to get the to get the um okay. the supplies and they're getting like the stuff that they want to or need to for baby to prove that they like had don't. baby with them right okay and then they go back and hmm. it makes sense to, like everything but the actual story makes sense that's the worst part yeah it's bad we need answers like this is one of those cases where it's like i don't want to know what happened but i need to know i what need happened. to know what happened yeah it's gnarly so if anyone knows anything about dior coons or if you guys ever hear updates you know also you guys can tag us and stuff you guys see if we miss something anything yeah because we'll update we'll we'll talk about things we threw out that update about what's happening right now with the john Bonet case because we thought it was wild we want you guys to know that kind of stuff too so, guys, that's it for tonight. Um, what do you think oof. happened? <laughs> yeah, tell us. 
Tell us your Anything. full theories. Tell us how you feel about the name Dior. Would you ever name a child Dior? I also thought it would be spelled D-I-O-R. Yes. Yeah, like like the brand. The first time I ever heard this, I looked, I Googled something and I spelled it Dior and it tried to autocorrect me. I was like, there's no fucking way. Oh, God. by the way, guys, it's capital D-E capital O-R-R. It's just really weird. That's a that's a doozy. It's a doozy. <laughs> like, I can't even think of what that would be short for, because it's not like his maybe his mom's name's Deidre or Deandra and his dad's name's Orlando, because that doesn't even make sense how they're spelled either. I can't think of any name that's or 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 Oracle or the only one I can think of is because I'm a League of Legends player and there's Oriana. That's the only but that's thing a I can think female. Of. Oh, I guess then yeah, the D would be the just, male. I'm just saying that's the only. Or okay, I know an Oriana. That's um, what I just said. I know, like I'm saying, I do know one. So, but she doesn't spell it O R R. But okay, let's say they're different and they spell Oriana that way. So then the D E is the dad's name and his name is Dexter, <laughs> Delaware, Device. But he's, but he's a junior. <laughs> Dior's the baby's the junior right so I'm talking about where did the original name Dior come from because it's in his middle name did they just think Dior sounds cool Vernal Dior that you hate your children right (laughs) so um thank you guys so much for staying (laughs) and hanging out with us um we 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 laughed a lot in this one in the beginning because the discrepancy shit is fucking wild we were not making fun of anything just so you know we just we don't it's get insane. Lot, yeah, we don't get a lot of times where we can just be like, holy shit, this is honestly ridiculous. It's but literally it it's so comical because it sounds so insane. Like that's straight up. It sounds like a, a fake. Yeah, it, there, it's like a TV episode or something. There's no way it's that real. Right. So thank you guys so much. And thank you to all those that help make this podcast what it is. Kylie and I could not do this alone. Thank you to Damon Vakovsky for creating our theme song. Our original artwork by Taylor with Lab Monkey Creative on Instagram and our editing done by Corey with core.media.photography on Instagram. Don't forget to follow our Instagram. It's at Cryptic Soup Pod. That's two Ps where our DMs are always open for suggestions. So slide on in. We love any kind of Apple podcast review and rating as well as a Spotify rating. So please, if you would take a moment to do one of those, that would help us out a ton. So remember, guys, to subscribe, follow, tune in, and keep up with us. Enter that giveaway. And remember to join the conversation. We'll see you next Tuesday for the next episode. Stay tuned.